This is Zone One Radio. Zone One Radio. Hi, I'm Stuart Hardy. What the fuck just happened? The best things in life are free. But you can give them to the birds and bees. I want money. What does this mean? Uh, it means that after three weeks, we didn't die of boredom from watching tedious television. But why are you telling me this? Uh, because for some reason, we always do this at the start of the show. But what's the point? The point is to deconstruct that media industry. These are some of the questions we ask every day when we read a newspaper. Glasgow faces anger over 25 million sellout. Watch TV. Terrorists plus heroes plus mentalists equals Homeland. Or watch a movie. Hashtag, hashtag, the Twitter movie is here. This is What The Fuck Just Happened. Telling you what the fuck just happened. That's what I want. This summer, the inanity is off the scale. Oh my god, hashtag Breaking Bad finale having you crying sweaty man tears. So sad it's over. Hashtag The Fox. OMG, did you see this video? Lol. Click to view media at Original Thoughts. I'm a middle class journalist trying to prove I'm up with technology. Hashtag Bebo, hashtag MySpace. Everything currently trending on Twitter in one 90 minute movie. Hashtag Glastonbury. Hashtag Homeland. Talk to me, people. Make me rich. John, isn't this a bit shameless? You're not making a movie. You're leeching off what's popular on Twitter. Hashtag The Apprentice. You're fired. <laughs> Expansive view conversation. Oh, up yours. Add a hashtag to a popular thing on Twitter if you want credit. Uh, I'm going to my hashtag Homeland. Twitter.pic slash 8765ED0. Brilliant. Hashtag the fifth estate. Yes, it fits. What I say goes. Words, things, people referencing stuff you might care about. Downton Abbey, my name on a Coke bottle. Oh my God, the numbers, they're so high. The movie that's been talking about everyone to become popular by default. Oh my god, hashtag Nairobi Siege was so sad, but then I went hashtag Starbucks and it was all better. Hashtag Nairobi Siege coverage was so sad at BBC Breaking News, winking emoticon smiley face. Featuring hashtag Breaking Bad, hashtag Katy Perry, and hashtag hashtag movie. Oh my god, hashtag hashtag the movie, like it's so your thing at DipsyGirl123. Hashtag hashtag the movie. The new low in social media marketing. Hashtag Christmas 2013. So, Homeland is back for its third series. The first got kind of brilliant critical acclaim for its kind of psychological thriller aspects. Uh, for me and many others, the second got a bit of a pan in for becoming a bit more like a diehard film. Uh, it's part of a growing movement, a kind of box sets where people are devoting 20 to 50 hours of their time to a TV series in favour of watching movies, supposedly. Uh, I've seen all of it, Stuart. You're quite new to it. It's very popular. What do you think? This is a popular show? Yeah, man. I can't believe this is a popular show. Because let's look at the popular shows of the last few years. Breaking Bad. Former teacher gets cancer, starts dealing meth. Lost. Airplane crashes on a mysterious, unmapped island where there's polar bears and people come back from the dead. Game of <laughs> yeah. Thrones. Fucking dragons. Homeland. Everything that you've been reading in the news since 9-11. 
there's there's just it seems to me that there's very little idea here. Haven't we seen all of this like once every fifteen seconds since nine eleven? How was this pitch? You know everything in the press at the moment. Serious drama. You gonna do any more work to flush that out? No, just, just terrorists, prisoner, prisoner of war, war infiltrates homeland um, security. There you go, intelligently observed drama. I kind of like my drama based in reality a bit more, though. To be honest, I I do like that aspect of it. Uh, it was originally an an Israeli drama. Uh, I, I think there's like the setup of you know a kind of sleeper terrorist. It's it's a pretty interesting one. It it preys on our fears and you know, what is going on at the moment and how we feel about the world. I think that's quite a good thing. I think that's a good thing as well, but they just don't do anything interesting with it. Yeah. Like, when you say the premise, it's a sleeper terrorist cell, it does precisely what I expected. And if a show doesn't throw any curveballs or surprise me, then I just don't care. The only interesting thing that I've seen in Homeland was leading lady Carrie Matheson washing her vag and brushing her teeth at the same time, which (laughs) is a tricky feat. (laughs) Carrie's an interesting one as a kind of protagonist slash hero. And at the start, with her, it looked like they were going to do something quite good. And I think the problem with it is they can't decide if they want it to be a psychological drama about her kind of tortured mind or they want it to be diehard with explosions and kind of, you know. I mean, within eight minutes of the last episode, Carrie's kind of back to doing her weird eyes, which fans of the shows will know as shorthand for she's off her meds. So you can either at this point kind of think, ooh, it's so deep and psychological, or she has she has weird eyes and that means she's nuts. I reckon she just has weird eyes. Yeah, and then but then but like 45 minutes in and she's being fucked again. They always they, she just gets fucked generally in one <laughs> or two points of every every other episode at least you'll see Carrie getting shagged. Yeah, watch um, her getting shagged and think, "Oh, this is such an intelligently observed drama." Spoiler alert for the first one. Uh, for the first episode of the uh, brand new series, uh, yeah, she got fucked by someone who wasn't Brody, so I think she's over Brody. Ooh, yeah. Um, I think the problem they had with series two is that it was all these kind of the initial setup of the sleeper terrorist, the will he, won't he, is he, isn't he, Brody intrigue. It's all but gone. Yeah, that I noticed. I noticed that as well, and because being a newcomer. This doesn't seem like an idea that you can do for a series. It seems like the premise of a movie. If your entire show is based around the premise of yes or no, you can only go yes or no so many times before it gets boring. It's the lost problem again, isn't it? It totally is the lost problem. Like, are are we going to be seeing a TV series about whether tomatoes are a fruit or a vegetable next? (laughs) Episode one, it's a fruit. Episode two, but why is it served with salad? Episode three, it's still a fruit. Episode four, <laughs> but it looks like a vegetable, goddammit. <laughs> How long can this go on for? Uh, yeah, I think that's definitely the problem they've had. Um, I know it's from the creators of 24, and I've not watched much of that, but I kind of preferred the series when it was... I prefer all my series a bit more slow-burning. How do you kind of think about the writing in this compared to... Stands up compared to something like The Wire or The well, Sopranos. it's not that I'm opposed to slow burners or stuff to do with real events. It's just Homeland has taken something to do with real events and not added anything to it. Because mm. 24 and Homeland, to me, they bo- they have a shared problem. They're clearly written by people that just watch a lot of TV and movies about terrorists and want to write their own. Like, I, can, I fail to see anyone who has read at least one book on screenwriting in their life and watched Homeland... Not seeing their massive, massive dialogue problem. 
seriously, studying screenwriting has ruined TV for me because I notice something, stuff like this. The screenwriters think you're stupid because every single bit of dialogue flat out says what's happening. <laughs> Nothing is shown. Literally everything happens through dialogue. If it weren't as tedious as this, I would suggest it was meant for radio. Uh, yeah, the, the, the first episode of the new series, I think, in an attempt to get everyone up to speed with the, with the premise and, and what the hell is happening... Was very bad for it, weren't it? It was inc- it was it was just awful. When they opened out with a court inquiry about what happened last series, it Ex- was definitely just excellent dra- like, dramatic like, exposition. Just so, just so someone can say, so why has this thing that happened at the end of last series happened? Well, because this etc. Things blah. Did anything happen off screen? <laughs> yes, this thing. Piece of plot number two. X Y Z. Something we're going to get flashback to in a future episode or something. There. Yeah. Later on, they also included the lines. It's been fifty eight days since the attack. Thanks for telling all right, us that. All right, cheers. <laughs> you, uh, the the mum of the daughter, who frankly no one cares about that family anymore. Uh, you mean for someone who slit her wrists? All oh, right, so she slit her wrists while we've had a season <laughs> break. Then um, we don't have any insurance or a source of income. Direct quote, people. People, <laughs> that direct quote, as if anyone would say that. <laughs> it's just the most overly simplistic. Everything is either black or white. That's what gets me. People call it intelligently observed. Only because the people that wrote it had eyes and were awake during 9-11 and the Iraq war. If I wrote a TV show about my commute to work, is that the benchmark <laughs> for I intelligently observed something and then I observed and wrote something? What? It could be intelligent observed, just not very interesting. <laughs> well, well, yeah. Although imagine a group of TV execs will go, wow, that's, you know, that's really going to hit base with people <laughs> like... You know, lots of people commute to work. So he, re- he really gets our demographic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> In honesty, and I think we do fall on kind of uh, different lines on this, I think the series could be great. I really, really did enjoy the first series. Definitely suffers from that problem that you said about uh, um, uh, kind of running out of ideas a little bit and losing the best bit of its premise. Um, I mean... Yeah, on that note, I would just like to add, the previously segment on this, I'd never watched Homeland before, I just knew the premise. The previously segment on this, two minutes, I don't need to watch any of it now. They completely summed everything up in two minutes. It was two minutes, 48 seconds, I timed it, and yeah, 48 hours of television they got into that two minutes, 48. I would love to meet the guy that edited that previously segment, he seems like a great, great, doing great work. We could do with him editing this show, to be honest. Yeah, to be honest, yeah. (laughs) How how long are we going to review Homeland for, five hours? Yeah, four hours. We're nearly at the end, people, I promise. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, though, the series could be great. I mean, the tense action scene 40 minutes into this this latest, the first episode of the new series, um, was basically James Bond, but with drones, which, you know, there's been discussion and depiction of the negative ramifications of overseas operations already in the series. Uh, drones are a huge political talking point of today, and the series could do really well to investigate that. However, I think from watching the first two series, what's almost certainly going to happen is they're going to focus on these kind of relationships between the key protagonists. Will she fuck him? Won't she fuck him? Brody, will, which side will he go on? Hashtag Team Taliban, hashtag Team US. <laughs> um, which is the same, because there was definitely an opportunity to do something deeper, I reckon. The whole Carrie fucking Brody thing is just completely and utterly needless. Um even compared to like the gross weekly terrorist atrocities that literally happen every single week on Homeland. It's like in the second series, out of nowhere, seven terrorists burst into a room, machine gun five uh, FBI, CIA, whatever members to the floor and stole something out of a wall. 
and it wasn't like much of a news thing. There wasn't like it wasn't like wow, America is pissed off now. It was just like yeah, this kind of thing it happens every day. Honestly, do Homeland Security in the US have those flashy things from Men in Black which make you forget what what's just happened? I think they did that to the whole of the world after <laughs> that particular uh, attack. So you know, even as ridiculous as that is, I think the fact that Carrie fucking Brody is genuinely even more uh, unrealistic. What do you think about the whole series? Um, well, as a whole, I'd say, aside from the dialogue issue, it's everything I hate about TV in one show. Really? Sensationalism to the point of ridiculousness, and read the whole real-world issues that they could do a whole lot more with. You're totally right, but I feel it just throws in these real-world aspects so people will take it seriously. And it just does what it wants with, you know, sex and violence and <laughs> yeah. whatever. The only reason this was made at all is because making Americans look cool and badass will stroke middle-class egos and captivating them to this delusional fairy story where the bad terrorists and the good Americans have a good old bitch fight. It's just far too simplistic and paints everyone as either black or white. If Homeland is anything to go by, by the year 2032... All TV will just be the words, be afraid of terrorists, they want to kill you, obey the government, they'll protect you. That's pretty much all Homeland is. Great, so season three airing on Channel 4 for the next month. Watch it if you're into that kind of thing. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, I'm Roland Blackheart, and this is People Are Scum, a weekly look at horrible people you should despise, and we're here to say, good God, you disgust me. I'm here at Lytham Surgery in Rotherham, where doctors are on the lookout for victims of a new disease. These people may indeed be ugly. I'm sitting right here, you know. You sicken me. Doctors can't explain it. People can't stand it. Just why are people so perilously ugly? I spoke to Dr. Rosito of the Scientific Institute of Science, and he had a mole on his cheek and a beard, but the rest of him checked out. So, Dr. Rosito, why do so many people turn out ugly? Well, it's a genetic thing. You see, when a man and woman procreate, their faces become contorted, and so their children have a 50% chance of retaining the face that their parents were pulling at the moment of climax. And how do parents prevent themselves from passing on ugly to their children? Well, using a condom is a good start. You heard the beardy freak. Use condoms. If you don't think that ugliness is a serious problem that should be stamped out, think again. Morella here was born ugly when her foolish, ugly parents decided to bump uglies and dump another ugly child on the NHS, paid for by your taxes. I don't think I'm ugly. My mummy and daddy says I'm beautiful. Well, I'm sorry, Morella, but your mummy and daddy are liars and they're probably crackheads. For the rest of Morella's life, she will be treated with serious facial surgery treatment that you paid for. That, I have to say, is a crime. Join us after the break when we will be sneering endlessly at homeless people for probably doing smack, prostitution and stabbings. Bullshit headlines for the new week. Uh, we have so many this week, we've really got to move on. What have you got for us, Stu? Uh, Metro on on Monday. Glasto faces anger over £25 million sellout. Uh, yeah, Glastonbury sold out again, like it does every year. 
Six million people tried to use a website at the same time. Guess what? It didn't work for everyone. Can't imagine they're bothered about anger with £25 million on in under half an hour. Uh, has anyone got a light? Uh, the Olympic flame went out briefly. Big news story. Pot luck for Tamara as she wins Nicole's final 12 votes. Something to do with the X Factor and weed, I guess. Uh, I think Simon Cowell's now part of the legalised lobby. Well, I hope he is anyway. That'd be cool. Uh, slick work by Sky puts... Sorry. Slick work by Sky Spy puts tanker spill bosses in dock. <laughs> that is amazing headline writing. Um, um, can pro- we get a translator for that? Because I didn't understand a single fucking word there. That's probably the best headline of the week, though. Don't point finger from the letters page. Good, good advice. Don't point the finger. Uh, Telegraph on Monday. Very important news here. Strictly Sophie is a happy flapper. That's from the front page of the Daily Telegraph. On- what is a happy flapper? Who cares? <laughs> Honestly. Autumn leaves. Cold on its way. Winter to follow autumn, if you were wondering. There you go. Big news. Thanks for that, Telegraph. Uh, the Sun, Monday. Bonkin' Donuts. A woman eats cakes whilst having sex. Someone managed to find out the word for that. Open inverted commas, condition, close inverted commas. Two looks thrilling. Famous two wears beachwear on a beach. Um, Broken people, dot, 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 broken system. 1,200 killed by mentally ill. Hey, the sun. Did you know that it's a fact that if you have mental health issues, you're much more likely to be a victim of violence than the perpetrator of one? You didn't know that. Well, stop spouting this hateful rhetoric. Shut the fuck up, go home, and do your research. The saddest thing about this article is a load of articles about mentally ill this week were written by Health Secretary himself, Jeremy Hunt. Frick. Shameful. Cheryl and Kim are Amsterdam's. Famous 20-something Cheryl, Kim and Nicola go to Amsterdam on holiday. Doesn't matter which ones. Uh, Zip, zip, hooray! I fucking love that one. Zips are 100 years old. I can't imagine there is literally anyone who cares about that. Next week, nails celebrate their 4,000th birthday, and carpets get in the mood for a party as they celebrate 200 years of warmer flooring. OAP cop threat jail. An article so useless that they didn't even have room to make that headline make sense. Uh, The star on Monday as well, Pippa's Shoot a Hoot, which is a story about Pippa Middleton and her friends killing some poor defenceless birds for sport and then pausing laughing above their bloody corpses. Good to see they have a good time there. Apparently one of her favourite smells is rotting bird corpses. (laughs) Well done for Pippa Middleton there. It's grim for Nick. A tabloid journalist took a picture of Nick Grimshaw doing a sad face. How does he get in the paper this much? <laughs> How? Daily Mail, uh, Posh and Beck sell their place for £10 million. Um, some famous people moving house. Apparently that's news. Boris thought her distinctly sexy. Seriously, a three-page feature on Tories who found Margaret Thatcher sexy. <laughs> the Express, actually, on Tuesday, they let, they continued with this... The downfall of Cecil the Smoothie. What? <laughs> Seriously, I had to read those entire pages because I couldn't believe it. Uh, did you have one about the MP expenses? Yeah, the least shocking expenses scandal ever. Top Tory put three pence on expenses for taking 100-yard car journey. I thought they were joking, but I read this article. They take it seriously. Oh, my God, he's put 3p on expenses... 
Divide it up. Use the taxpayer paid 0.2700,000 million noughts 1p for that. <laughs> nice math fan, maths fan stat. Maths math fan stat. <laughs> uh, Daily Express on Tuesday. Um, yeah, can we just not... Did you have a message for all Daily Express readers? Yeah, I have a message for Daily Express themselves. Their slogan under their name, World's Greatest Newspaper. <laughs> Why? It's not even Britain's greatest right-wing weekday newspaper, is it? No, it's the it's the subdivision of the Daily Mail. And, of course, run by a pornographer. Just, so, just in case you didn't know, just to remind you. Uh, Arctic blast to end our summer. Um, again, win- winter to follow autumn. <laughs> Going to be a bit nippy tomorrow. Rocketing chocolate costs leave sour taste. This headline feels like it was written in another language and translated into English with Google Translator because it's not a pun or a joke. It doesn't even make sense. Rocketing chocolate costs. <laughs> Bizarre. Sour taste. Lisa has a good recipe for life. Uh, one of the famous Lisas is in a relationship that's all going <laughs> well, apparently. The Mirror. Octo. The Mirror. Does my album look big in this? Ugh. Which is about a mum that took a picture of herself every day as she lost weight. Like just about everyone else in the world losing weight has done since the internet was invented. This is news. Yeah, we've got more on that later. Um, the best uh, from the sun on Tuesday, the best predicted blackouts headline was United Kingdom. There's an apostrophe between you so and United. See there. what they did there? That's very clever. The mirror uh, had winter of blackouts, which is just pathetic. That's awful. That's awful. Uh, lesbians 60k con, which is about a woman cheating benefits. Absolutely no reason that they mention be, uh, being a lesbian. It's Sharon Airborne, which is about Sharon Osborne flying on a plane. I think mini good round for, of applause there for good the for, most good for her, story. Yeah. Uh, every single newspaper this Tuesday. Don't break Granny's windows. Bet slash better not break Granny's windows. Slash Granny will be angry if you break her windows. Which was about Prince William hosting a football match at Buckingham Palace. Wow. All the papers seem to think the Queen really cares about her windows because they all had the same headline. Point. Maybe they're just worried that we'll end up paying for them. <laughs> Probably. Um, the Hammond High makes its first appearance this week. Uh, North London local paper. Um, best one for me was Maggot in Raspberries disgust Star's mother. Um, does it make a difference that she's a star's mother? I don't think it does. Maggots um, in raspberries? That disgust anyone, really. Uh, she seems to think so. But, <laughs> but, I mean, raspberries are a fruit. Unless we make them in test tubes, in test tubes, occasionally this kind of thing will happen. My advice for star's mother? Don't eat that one. Independent. Thursday. End of the line for rail price hikes, which any story about trains is gold dust for headline writers. The Metro was lazier, though, and just ran with new rules spell the end of 11% season ticket rises on trains, which, come on, Metro, your primary demographic is harassed commuters. (laughs) You could have been more imaginative with this headline. If I were in charge, it would read, Justice in face of evil rail bosses who will be sent to the first Capital Connect punishment chamber (laughs) to have their faces eaten off by piranhas. Uh, Towards the middle of that paper was much ado about Italy which was just a lazy travel article about the whole of Italy the whole of it if you've not heard of Italy um, it's pretty big isn't it you know in 400 words here we are we're going to sum up Italy seriously for me reading about travel is like dancing about politics what's the point the star on Wednesday sigh of relief famous sigh sighs 
which I assume mm. was about Simon Cowell and Sunita, pers- uh, the person that's seemingly famous and having sex with Simon Cowell. The Metro ran with Sunita, time to put Cowell's sex talk to bed. And fuck it? What else would you be going <laughs> what there? What else? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, mutt nut for Kelly. Uh, famous Kelly connected heads <laughs> with her dog. Mother's a role model. Woman loses weight. Big news. And finally, Beeb is ab drab. Uh, I've no idea what it's about. If they can't be bothered to use real words in the headline, I'm not reading the rest of the article. Uh, that's all for the bullshit headlines this week. We'll be back with more, so you really don't have to bother picking up them rubbish newspapers on your commute. And now a word from our sponsor. Welcome to the newest revolution of mobile technology. Whether you're finding out where you've seen that actor before or tweeting about your dinner. If you want to play children's games on your commute or just get the footy scores. Sure, there's an app for that. But now, there's also a Wipad app for that. The Wipad? Everything you can already do on your phone, but slightly bigger. Okay then, it's time for This Week I Read, where we read stuff that's clearly not aimed at us, and this week, I don't think that's fair actually, I think we're (laughs) slap banging the generation of this, we read The Internet. Of course, when we said the internet, we're not talking about the whole of the internet. That would take years. Yeah. Um, but we specifically read our Facebook feeds. Yeah. And, and other social networking feeds, because that stuff kills brain cells, and we don't have enough time to go through all of that crap. Uh-huh. Um, if you actually stop and read it all, it's quite mad, isn't it? The worst offender being Twitter. Oh, God, I hate Twitter. What? 120 character statuses that make you think that everything you come out with is worth shouting about. My last, The last thing on my Twitter feed that I'm looking at right now, I can't wait to get home and put underwear on. I just charted everywhere. No way, really? Thanks for telling me that, whoever you are. I've no idea who this person is, but for some reason I'm following them. Um, yeah, worst thing about social networks is they make you think everything you come out with is worth shouting about. Yeah. I don't post statuses on principle because unlike a lot of people, I don't want to advertise my self-involvement. People, you do realise that anyone can see this, right? <laughs> no, there's definitely <laughs> a, it, this kind of crop of news stories of the last year where people are going, oh my God, you know, this has lost me my job or I've been arrested and stuff like this. Look, people, Twitter especially... <laughs> Is basically publishing. You're going into publishing if you're going to start a Twitter account. Pretty much. So treat it with the same respect. You're, you're basically getting a megaphone out in public and saying, Look at me! I'm a fucking twat! <laughs> like, okay, for all this stuff that we're going to read out here from real Twitter people, we're not going to use real names. Instead, we're going to make up what these people would be called if social networks were a children's storybook. This one, for example, I have from a uh, Twitter poem from Self-Important Slugface. Mm. He saw you, he met you, he wanted you, he liked you, he chased you, he got you, he had you, he got bored, he left. Oh, woe is me. It's like it's it's a man's world, yeah? Um, Another one from the same person. Don't cry over someone who wouldn't cry over you. Oh, my God. Oh, we could make a movie out of your life, couldn't we? Hashtag original thoughts. (laughs) Um, 
Yeah, the ultimate in kind of Twitter slogans as well. Did you see this pic of you? Yeah, thanks for that, spammers. Lol. Yeah. And then a link to a site that would break your computer. I know you've got quite a lot of followers on Twitter, Yeah, actually. I've got 3,700 followers for reasons <laughs> best known to myself that I'm not going to publish here. But for the sake of argument, let's just say I'm incredibly popular on the internet. <laughs> I always make sure to follow people back so that I can sort of gauge what sort of people are following me. And it makes me really sad. I want to think that people find me interesting, but my Twitter followers can be summed up by a direct message I got from someone called Caesar. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking about you all day. See what I've been rubbing while I do so. Ooh. Link to a picture. Did you have a look? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I assume that he's been rubbing his hands together thinking, ooh, this is something interesting that I'm listening to. With a photo of his hands. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, you're actually um, a blogger, obviously. You've got, is it stewbagfull.wordpress.com? Yes, folks, that's stewbagfull.wordpress.com. <laughs> Shameless bit of self-promotion there. Um, if, uh, if you've read the whole of entirety of Fifty Shades of Grey and think, I'd like to do that again but longer, you could watch your series on the Fifty Shades of Grey, couldn't you? Yes, you could. It's right there on stewbagfull.wordpress.com. <laughs> <laughs> Just to do some more of it. Yeah, my WordPress actually gets the funniest spam comments you ever you would ever see. You, like think, you think my t- ideas for TV shows and movies are mad and unworkable <laughs> and go, Stuart, why are you making me produce these on a weekly basis? You read my WordPress spam comments for five minutes and you will see where I get this bollocks from. <laughs> They're all from companies trying to vicariously advertise by posting comments on posts they think are relevant and are most done by people that can't speak English that well. Or they're aliens, because even if you don't speak English, these comments are just unbelievable. Go on, then. My favourite one is from this company called Burberry Canada, who I'm okay with advertising on this show because you just got to love this comment. I was totally down basic. Being gigantic may not be enough of the attention getter without a doubt. Make these folks red by having a yellow moose. <laughs> Just really, I've had that comment framed. I uh, love that one. Um, yeah, I also get some from foreign foreign countries, which I've had to tr- use Google Translator for. This one I've got here is actually, if you read it, it's very zen. It's from a Japanese um, company that I've used Google Translate on. I can get the type of large collection not related to the design and material of your cum from the actual colour. The boots of preparation, epidemic shrewd and finest, has convinced I need because possibility to buy boots like this. This should be a fridge magnet. It really should. It's very zen. I like to read it at work to calm myself down. (laughs) Um, But of course, when it comes to self-important whinging and companies trying to advertise to you... Have you been... Companies have started adding me as friends... This is the point that advertising on Facebook has got to. Really? Not even just asking you to like them? Adding you as a friend? Yes. Whoa. Facebook, the king of time-wasting and adverts. Buy this thing, buy this thing, we've read your cookies. (laughs) Yeah, Um, When when it comes to Facebook, everyone should have a Chantel. They're they're amazing, aren't they? (laughs) Me and Stuart were talking about this, prepping this a few weeks ago. And um, we were both talking about the kinds of Facebook friends you have and, the, you know, the kind of different relationships. Obviously, you have your close people that you can touch with and you have people that kind of you meet once and they add you and because you've just met them, you think, oh, it's, yeah, whatever, you know, okay then. Um, and then forevermore, you get the feed and it's your decision at any point to stop these people. But there's a certain class of those people <laughs> who you may never meet in real life again who no matter how much your finger wears over get rid of this person, you think, no, I'm keeping them. And mine and Stuart's is both. They're both called Chantelle, and they are a different person. I've never met her. Not I've once. Never. 
How did she? How did she add you then? I have no idea. Just she just sort of appeared out of nowhere as another, another random person you don't know, but you may have met once, who just says the dumbest shit just to entertain you. Last week, my one posted, "Fuck you all. Don't need any of you selfish pricks in my life." Which. Ten people likes. <laughs> I hey, ten, hey, ten people. I don't think she wants that. <laughs> if ever a sort of piece of social media was in, was asking for non-engagement, that it, was the one. <laughs> no, but she gets like 16 to 20 likes for some of this bland shit she posts. Like, it's a man's world, isn't it? 25 people like and makes me go, God, I get like two likes whenever I put out a status. Yeah, mine generally kind of ranges, my Chantel generally ranges between, way on it in Preston, uh, to about 10 hours later. Fucking hate, man. Don't need ya. <laughs> All right, thanks for that brain dump. <laughs> that's that's what basically my Sunday morning, the first thing I do every day, is just check up on what Shani's done this weekend. <laughs> Probably shouldn't have used the nickname, though. It's definitely very clear who I'm talking about now. <laughs> anyway. Liz, well, she's not going to be listening to this anyway, but we're going to separate different posts that we found on Facebook into different categories. We're not going to be naming any names, but... And the first category we're going to start off with is those of the... Sympathy grabbing slash woe is me. Jeremy McShunt wrote, Marking mocks, I want to boil my own head. <laughs> if you keep telling us this, please do. Um, one from Shani as well this week was, I want someone to buy me f- buy me flowers. Six exclamation marks. Why don't you buy them flowers first? Yeah. You know, encourage it. Mm-hmm. That's how life works, isn't it? Yeah, mm. that's definitely how life works. Cool. Um, yeah, I have one from uh, self-important slugface who says, uh, running after work and step up classes tonight, kill me now, which is sort of combined with our next po- with our next category. My life is better than yours. I'm better than you. I'm better than you because I do exercise. Um, I got one this week, which was Wednesday, dot, dot, dot. You are the ultimate douchebag. Actually, scrap that. Rewind. There are bigger dot, dot, dot. But right now I can't think of any. What does that even mean? I don't know. I got confused. I can't, I can't translate Facebook. It's like it's a different language. Uh, let's say that was from Sarah Fisher. Um, yeah. Uh, in the category of my life is better than yours. Uh, oh, I had a belter this week when I was looking for this one. First thing that appeared on my news feed was, just watch the most beautiful sunset with my special... <laughs> <laughs> That really is the sort of noise that you should use instead of these posts. Please, why can't people just enjoy romantic moments now? Why do you have to share them with those perhaps who don't have many romantic moments in their life? It is braggarts. Uh, Another good one from Shani. (laughs) To be honest, she's making up a lot of my feed, but she is gold dust. Was um, housemate, hashtag baking day, which had a picture of a store-bought pie in an oven. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, well done. I see you're having an interesting life. Oh, and the kind of we've we've lumped all these into uh, my life is better than yours, but the endless holiday updates. Just been on a rib boat voyage in Guernsey, <laughs> having a great time, doesn't sound like it. On my way back to London, spent a few wonderful days in our house and spoke to IT Forums conference. Blah blah blah. Mm-mm, memories of an epic trip. Picture of Barbados rum. I once went to Barbados. Bet you haven't been to Barbados. Um, in foreign place, uh, which is not a snarky summary of all these. An actual quote from my friend. I thought he just. I thought that was excellent. How he just boiled it down to what do I want this status to say? Um, I mean, in foreign place. It, 
the only way I could shorten that, I don't think I can get it down to less than three words. Me happier. Look at me, I'm happier than you. <laughs> me happier, that's oh, my- two words there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, me happier. <laughs> that should just be the general Facebook feed. Me happier, me happier, me happier. Oh, my Chantel actually just posted something in the My Life is Better Than Yours. <laughs> it's happening live, people. <laughs> happening live. Getting shouted at for being happy. Not allowed to smile or anything. Allowed, spelt wrong. We're, <laughs> we're trying to be depressed by walking around college with our heads down now, but it's not working with Nabia giggling LOL. Brilliant. I think, is there a way you can... Is there a way you can recommend me your Chantel and I'll recommend you mine or oh, something? Oh, yeah, sure. Like yeah, sure. You should me. <laughs> I'll send you a link to it. They're hilarious. Lots of fun. And the also, uh, the last category we have here food and drink. Everybody knows this. The amount of people that go on about what they're eating is shocking. It's part of the look at how much my life is better than yours axis, which. Yeah. My I don't face- know where this came from. My man. entire Facebook feed is pictures of people's dinner. See, I'm 30, so it's it's now two things pictures of people's baby slash weddings and then the food they are eating. Oh, I'm 20. Oh, oh, age doesn't matter anymore. I'm 23 and it's all pictures of people's babies or dinner. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, we'll call this one Angsty Armadillo. Um, Armadillo. Uh, she likes to have it both ways and does the I do exercise and lose weight. And the self-pitying, oh, I put more weight on, OMG. Woe is me. But she posts pictures of her eating massive bowls of ice cream on a day out to do the, <laughs> to do the food jealousy thing. Hey, you got to be and careful. When, and when one person calls her on it, she says, well, I only ate one little spoonful of it. Oh, my Why'd God. Why'd you bloody buy such a massive portion that you've got a picture of yourself with there? Who are all these friends of yours that are dieting, Stuart? I have no fucking clue who anyone <laughs> is on this thing. Right then, quick rundown of the food things from this week, because obviously it's of interest. Uh, literally just happened this afternoon. Uh, only I could manage to burn a microwave microwavable meal with a photo of a burnt microwavable meal. What? Uh, oh, such a character there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I had one. Would really love to go to a Waffle House. How random. How random. Because you never go to Waffle Houses, do you? Yeah. <laughs> I just don't know what to say to anyone on Facebook anymore. We've got this one on our knots, and it's that unforgettable. I can't remember if it came on your feed or my feed. I want some birthday cheese. Mmm, a cheese board, in fact. <laughs> wow. I can't, I can't believe... I really would love to know who that was. Um, and also, last night, just before we recorded this show, I've got to throw out a special... This one wins. This is the epitome of what the food status is all about. Um... It's three different quotes from the same two people on the same evening out together. <laughs> so clearly during the meal, they were just updating their statuses as well. Uh, kicked off with, fill me with lobster and throw me to the lobsters. Followed by, five or six minutes later, awaiting lobster and old-fashioned. <laughs> followed by, five or six minutes later, level three lobster, annihilated. Followed by, four or five <laughs> minutes later, this is a level ten lobster eater. Pissed off because they won't let him in the kitchen and he can't catch his own, which was actually quite funny. They're actually live blogging the fact that they were eating lobster. Um, bless them. I'm going to use real names now as well. Shout out to Una and Joe if they're listening. That amused me greatly. Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, they ate lobster. Um, on the subject of likes as well that we were talking about a bit earlier, it's seemingly, I can't get the grasp of it as to how you're supposed to do this really well. 
my most part, you know, I'm always, as people will know, I'm always kicking out radio shows and desperately trying to get people to listen to them. <laughs> and, and I, you know, I, with Tech Talks, I actually just put on the post, please click like <laughs> and share. I don't even care if you listen, just click like and share. That will do me, uh, which doesn't really work. Um, but my most popular comment ever was on the fact that a chippy down the road didn't do gravy because obviously I'm from the north and I live in the south now. Um, I got something like 15 comments and 30 likes on that. Popular topic there. If Honestly, if one of my radio shows got that, I would be walking on air. I would be absolutely sky high with delirium. Should we, should we, should we turn this show into a show about food? Uh, sh- yeah. We'd get popular then. Uh, and we could post pictures of fish and chip shops that <laughs> do or do not do gravy. <laughs> Interesting. I just want to scream at these people. You do realise that we in the present study social, social interaction culture of the past, right? And yeah. their culture. Because we do. We study how people talked and what they were sharing with each other. And Facebook is a big part of popular culture. In the future, they're going to look back at us and see people going, this is my name on a Coke bottle and I had this for dinner. This is life in a nutshell at, the, at this moment in time. Doesn't that make you sad? Uh, you are listening to the high culture from the 21st century. It's October the 14th, 2122. And this is the 22nd century's look at the past with your hosts, Fnana McNulty, myself, Susanna Anus, and our crack team of archaeologists. Hello, and welcome to High Culture from the 21st Century. This week, we're looking at early 21st century social interaction culture. Isn't that right, Susanna? Yes, for now, back in the early 21st century, social media was a hot new thing. Sort of like Hollow Talk is today. But it was on computers, and it's really interesting to see how people interacted with each other on popular uh, websites, Facebook, by posting photos of their dinner under the strange assumption that people would care. Yes, one should note the composition of this photograph, highlighting the sausage, bacon and tomatoes clumped together there, while the scrambled egg lies half-finished. And it is interesting to note how this picture of someone's hamburger has a bite taken out of it, as if to say, Ooh, what am I like? Eating food before taking a picture of it first. The food and drink of the time was obviously of great importance to these people. For example, here we see mashed potato that has careful sculpting and grooves in it to reflect the protest against corrupt government in Russia at the time, with the caption reading, This dinner was lovely. As an ironic statement, surely. So intelligent. And here we next have a video, yo, yo, yo. Someone has posted of them eating a bucket of ice cream. Watch. Wow. It's amazing to think back then, people inserted food into their mouths. Whether it came out the other end is a mystery, but we have archaeologists working on examining fossilised faecal matter to see if that was the case. 
So, what we can tell from this early 20th century culture, one of people's main social activities was posting, inverted commas, look what I'm having for dinner, close inverted commas, and inverted commas again, this is mine or someone else's name on a Coke bottle. Close the inverted commas. Wow, society must have peaked that time. That is all we have time for this week. Next week, we unearth thousands upon thousands of pictures of people's cats with funny captions or something. <laughs> so what haven't we done on TV yet? Something that required actual thoughts? No, something actually possible. I'll tell you what we haven't done. We haven't made people afraid. That's what TV's for. Making people terrified of leaving their homes so they'll watch more TV that tells them how bad and evil the world outside is. I feel he's right. Fear is a very urination-creating aspect for a television show and that will keep our audiences inside and happy. So, what are people scared of? The dark? Spiders? No. I'll tell you what they're afraid of. They're afraid of new things. Anything out of the ordinary. Think of lots of stuff out there. Toast. Lemons. The X Factor. People eat toast. They put lemon in their drinks. They watch the X Factor because they're familiar with them. But present them with, say, crab meat. They don't know what to do with it. Do they make a pie? Do they serve it with herbs or potatoes? Do they eat it raw? Do they make a sculpture? What do you do with crab meat? Uh, I think you eat it. I've got it. How about a cookery show about weird stuff that no one eats or knows the names of that might make you ill? See? Nicola gets it. Stan, I'm worried about you. Hello and welcome to the Abstract Cookery Show, where we take foods of strange unknown origin and try and make them edible. This week our unknown food stuff is this... It was unearthed, frozen in ice 3,000 miles beneath the Arctic Circle. Scientists are still trying to figure out what it was, but we're not here for that. We're here to see if it can be used to make a casserole. Let's meet this week's first contestant. Hello, I'm Gloria. I used to be a mum in Hollyoaks for a bit. (laughs) So, Gloria, have you ever cooked an unknown substance before? Well, once I cooked something I found in the back of the fridge... I don't know what it was, but it didn't have mould growing on it. So I assumed it was fine, and the stuff... Oh, it does have mould growing on it. OK, take it away, and we'll see what you can do with it. Um, yes, I'll see how the contestant's doing. Uh, so, Gloria, what are you cooking? Well, I'm not sure, but it's blue, I think. Sometimes, when I sort it, it turns turquoise. <laughs> Uh, Make sure to add some of that green prickly thing in that jar. I'm sure they're good for you, maybe. Okay. (laughs) I don't think that was a good idea. Oh, shit, we've created life again. Get reception to call the fire brigade. It's always aliens we're used to, isn't it? (laughs) Don't point out my formula. I'm trying to distract people from me being a hack. Okay, welcome again to the Blunt Movie Guide, where we take a blunt look at what's in cinemas this week without the kind of endless dramatics and style we see in the marketing of them. These are the movies as we see them. And I should probably mention at this point, it's London Film Festival week, guys. There you go. Go no. to a... Yeah. <laughs> go to a film in London Film Festival, etc. 
<laughs> uh, first up then is, because, you know, if you don't make a film about an internet site, it doesn't really exist, does it? Uh, so this week's internet film is The Fifth Estate. Which is the story of the wiki, the story of WikiLeaks on a movie. Seriously, if you've read anything about WikiLeaks ever, no need to see this movie. You know what's going to happen in it. <laughs> yeah. If we need to take real-world stories and make movies out of them, we might as well make a movie of me trying to fix a bike puncture. You know how this story goes. The distance between a real-world story happening and the movie coming out is getting shorter and shorter and shorter. This was last year. Yeah. Uh, strange. Can't work out who's made that either. Um, next one. Baggage claim, which is some rom-com set at an airport, which is apparently supposedly an allegory for the benefits of suicide for young writers aspiring to be Hollywood movie makers one year. You would imagine so. It certainly could be read as such. A lot of people talking about this next one. Gravity. George Clooney and Sandra Bullock are astronauts who are stuck in space and either fall in love or symbolic or deep and meaningful than CGI and things. That reminds me of when I was at uh, Media Studies, we had to do a fake uh, kind of... Well, we had to do a, 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 an audio trailer for a movie um, and a really funny guy I used to work with wrote um, a trailer for a rom-com called Stuck in a Lift, which was, you know, essentially starring Sandra Bullock and George Clooney who were stuck <laughs> in a lift. So, so that's basically what's happened. Sandra Bullock and George Clooney are stuck in a spaceship. It's supposed to be quite good, though, to be honest. Supposedly. Anyway. I will never know, though, because uh, I'm not going to see it. And finally, there's another adaptation of Romeo and Juliet, I believe. As if we needed yet another one. Big twist, though. Just kidding, it's just Romeo and Juliet on a film. (laughs) If you don't know what happens, here's a spoiler. Romeo and Juliet fall in love. Their families don't want them to be in love, and they both die at the end. Oh, you've spoiled it. (laughs) (laughs) I've got a suggestion. Instead of seeing this movie, seek out the director. I actually looked this up. Carlo Carlai, his earlier movie that he wrote and directed is called Fluke. It's a family drama where a man dies in a car crash and gets reincarnated as a do- as a dog. <laughs> get out. The guy that directed the new Romeo and Juliet adaptation did this. You can get it for about three quid on Amazon and at least you won't have seen this story 500,000 times before. I can definitely say I've never seen that that story told. You need to, you need to see this they, instead of Romeo and Juliet. The they film. say there's only four or five stories, don't they? That, you probably know the exact number, but they say there's like, you know, four or five <laughs> kind of... Uh, what do you call it, um, narratives that can be done. That's one of them. I think there's another one. I think there's another one. This is the sixth narrative. Man dies in car crash, gets reincarnated as, reincarnated as dog. Yeah, I don't think, when I've heard them listed, that one wasn't included. It needs to be. Um, and to end Blunt Movie Guide for another week, uh, also out very soon is yet another milking of the isn't Shakespeare, still the greatest writer in the English language bandwagon, a new adaptation of Macbeth, but with a new take on the character that we've never seen before. And we've got an exclusive trailer for it right now. Burley's done when the battle's lost and won. The classic tale of guilt and betrayal. The weird sisters hand in hand, posters of the sea and land. But with a difference significant enough to justify a new movie. Thus do go about, about, 
thrice to thine and thrice to mine and thrice again to make up nine. Peace. The charms wound up. You don't like my sparkly picture? Hannah Macbetha is a five-year-old girl made to rule the kingdom of Scotland. Uh-oh. When Duncan is asleep, where to the rather shall his day's hard journey soundly invite him, his two chamberlains. Well, Banquo's a scary ghosty. Can a five-year-old girl rule the kingdom while fighting her oncoming death? Through Banham Wood, be come to Dunsinane. Scary trees are walking. Help me, pretty horsey. To save Anna Macbetha from a man not of woman born, we use Twinkle Power! Hold fast, mortal sword, and like good men, bestride our downfall in birthdom. No glittery death shall I die, Hannah Macbetha. Macbeth, Pretty Horsey Twinkle Power, Summer 2014. Alright then, we're nearly at the end of the show. Uh, this part is reality check. Well, we put the cases forward for a popular talking point of the moment. Um, anybody who casually passes a newspaper or looks at anything will have noticed that uh, a website called Silk Road has been taken offline and Onion and Tour Networks uh, are making the headlines. So this week we're debating the freedom of the internet. Uh, to start with, presenting the case for the f- in favour of the freedom of the internet is Lord Sugar and Spice and All Things Nice, Richard Lee. President Hardy, Mr Chief Justice, my friends... This is a day of international consecration, and I am certain that on this day my fellow interneters expect that in my defence of the internet, I will address them with a candour and a decision which the present situation of our people impels. This internet offers the chance to speak the truth, the whole truth, frankly and boldly. Humanity will endure as it has endured, will revive and will prosper in its thirst for cat memes, food photos and free speech. (laughs) So first of all, let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Nameless, unreasoning, unjustified terror which paralyzes needed efforts to convert, retreat into advance. For every dark corner of the internet, there is an oppressed people, a hounded individual and a righteous activist seeking sanctuary. An internet of frankness and vigour has met with that understanding and support of the people themselves, which is essential to victory. And I am convinced that you will again give that support to internet freedom in these critical days. Restoration calls, however, not for changes in ethics alone. The world is asking for action, and action now. In the field of world policy, I would dedicate this world to the policy of the good neighbour, the neighbour who resolutely respects himself and his fellow interneters, because he does so, respects the rights of others, the neighbour who respects his obligations and respects the sanctity of his agreements on Facebook and in the world of the neighbours. That is why a free and unmonitored HTTP system has proved itself the most superbly enduring political mechanism the world has ever seen. 
The internet has met every stress of vast expansion of territory, of foreign wars, of bitter internal strife, of world relations, and it is challenged that the normal balance of executive and legislative authority may be wholly equal, wholly adequate to meet the unprecedented task before us. But it may be that an unprecedented demand and need for freedom of communication may call for a temporary departure from that normal balance of public procedure. We do not distrust the future of essential democracy. The people of the internet have not failed. In their need, they have registered a mandate that they want direct, vigorous action. They have not asked for discipline and direction under leadership. They have made the internet the instrument of their wishes. In the spirit of the gift, we must keep it. In this dedication, in this dedication of humanity, we humbly ask the blessing of the internet. May the web protect each and every one of us. May WWW guide us in the days to come. I should probably point out at this point that quite a large part of that was lifted from President Roosevelt. Pretty much all of it. And you did a find and replace on keywords, didn't you? Pretty much, yeah. The the internet and cat meme stuff, that was me. <laughs> right, so... <laughs> I'd never guessed. Okay then. Uh, presenting the case against freedom of the internet this week is Lord Mayor of the City of Pundum, Stuart Hardy. <clears throat> so he cleared the, f- cleared the throat I'm learning. Yeah, he probably right. won this week now. We posed the question, is the internet truly free? I pay £15 a month for it. (laughs) (laughs) Don't know know where all that stuff about humanity came from. I think we can generally say, no, the internet isn't free because I have a direct debit set up for it. (laughs) Argument settled. I guess you can get free Wi-Fi in Starbucks, I guess. But that is for the price of a coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, but they say it's free. But let's face it here. It depends how we define free. As a prisoner of the internet, I call myself a prisoner of the internet, enslaved to trawl through social media on a daily basis to spend hours on my videos and research and barely remembering what sunlight is by this point. <laughs> Am I wrong here? They generally say we spend one in every 12 minutes online and I think, all right, it's liberating in the... Sorry, can I just stop you there? I just need to check Facebook. Thanks, carry on. <laughs> but yeah, it's like... I, all right, it's liberating that it's a free public forum that you can put anything on and we wouldn't be doing this shit without the internet, but I see my email account more than I see other people. So <laughs> yeah. you may say I'm free to spend my time how I like, but I want, I want a radio-y, social media-y, writey sort of job so I can't afford to. The internet is my master. And we are all its children. And we are all its children, and that is my two cents on that. Right then, let's put it to the house. All those in favour of the freedom of the internet. <laughs> and all those against. <laughs> yeah. They just can't seem to make up their minds, can it seems, they? Seems I think we've got such an even balance in the house that, yeah, it's proving really difficult. Inconclusive, as usual. Right then, so that's all for this week. Uh, next week, what are we going to be reading? We're going to be reading the left-wing press to see if there's a reason that they still exist, the, De- the Daily Mirror and The Guardian. Uh, we're going to watch um, the longest-running TV programme of all time. I think I'm correct in saying that, continuously running anyway, at Coronation Street. And our friends down at Zeitgeist Entertainment have got a new sitcom together called You Sold My Heart. More on that next week. And we have the exclusive trailer for the new William Hague biopic pick the sexy foreign secretary look forward to that ladies all right we'll be back with what the fuck just happened next week telling you what the fuck just happened